Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Totally Awesome Podcast. It's your boy, Josh Again here with The Colonist. Hello, hello. And we were reviewing the 13-year-long show called WrestleMania 35. Is it a 15-year-long? How many matches were actually on the card? I've missed weddings. I've missed funerals because of the show, but... <laughs> I, I'm, I still don't know what day it is. I'm, I'm very confused. <laughs> But on the all on the on the whole, that's probably my biggest issue with this show. But I thought it was a pretty good show overall. Honestly, it's the, it was the best mania in the past several years. For yeah, sure. I think it really it it had a lot of exciting parts to it. I think just at the end, people just got so gassed. Yeah, like the 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 peak was clearly Kofi versus Daniel Bryan. After that, they were done. It was, I mean, it wasn't like they were full-fledged done, but like definitely the show quality also declined. Yeah, and there were there were sixteen matches, including the pre-show. Sixteen. Oof. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a lot. That's ridiculous. That's that is abs- that is wa- that is absurd. Much. So I, um. I've been saying for the past couple of years they should push this to a two-day event. And yeah. At least if you do that, then you could have a world title closed both days yeah exactly and then you make the world titles feel more important yeah um no <laughs> nope it all into one day. yeah especially when people have work the next morning yeah what time did it end like 12 30 dude Something like I, I don't even remember <laughs> 12 30 eastern time god knows how long it was for the uh, international fans let me let me just say this to explain how long the show was during when during the entrances for the Fatal Four Way Women's Tag, I decided to go get something to drink because I really didn't care about the match. By the time I ca- got back from buying my stuff, they were still doing the entrances. Yeah, that's how long the show was. Yeah, it was it was massively long. So um, I guess we can briefly touch on the pre-show. Um, I did watch back the Tony Nese and Buddy Murphy and the Raw tag matches. Both those matches were pretty good. I, I didn't see Buddy Murphy, Tony Nese, but I honestly did like the revival and uh, Hawkins and Ryder. It was uh, it, it was a good match to get the fans hot for the show. I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. Uh, well, what fans were there. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but I you know poor revival. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but you know what? In all fairness to Hawkins and Ryder, like they they are an entertaining couple of guys. You know, I would have liked to have seen Kurt actually get his win, like, in a singles match myself. Yeah. I feel like it would have meant a little bit more, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm nitpicking. Like, it really wasn't that bad. He it won a championship and got one of the biggest pops of the night, so. Yeah. How messed up is that that one of the best pops came from the pre-show? <laughs> well, again, the show's way too long. It would have been more exciting if you mix matched a lot of those different matches. You'd get different reactions for them. No but doubt. but I do recommend going and seeing Tony Nese and B- Buddy Murphy. It was a pretty good match. I mean, everyone complains about the uh, about the cruiserweights being never getting like main card appearances. But to be fair, they really are great pre-show competitors because they do get the crowd hype with all the crazy stuff they do. Plus, if they were on the main show, no one watches 205 Live, so everyone watching would be like, who are these guys? Yeah, yeah, there'd definitely be uh, something lost in translation there, no doubt. And as for the two Battle Royals, um, no thanks. Uh, <laughs> I, I only caught like half of the Women's Battle Royal, 
I got really excited when Sarah Logan won. It made me want to see more of Sarah Logan, to tell you the truth. And then, and then Carmella. <laughs> and, and in all fairness to Carmella, I really like Carmella as a competitor. I really do. I think she's she's really improved a lot in the past couple of years. But it just came out of nowhere when she really had no momentum. So like, yeah. And and don't get me even started on Oscar on the whole from from champion to jobbing on the pre-show in two weeks in a battle royal. I'm just gonna leave it at that. So anyone who thinks that Vince cares at all about Japanese wrestlers, look at what they did to Oscar, and you tell me that he gives a shit. Just saying. If Oscar was in the main event instead of Charlotte, do you think that would have been a better match for the main event? I think it would have been better if Oscar and Charlotte had their own singles rematch. Yeah. For the SmackDown Championship, which would have actually felt important. Yeah. Because they had done it the year before, and maybe Oscar could, you know, return a favor on that one. But why are we introducing logic into WWE now? Yeah. It's 2019. Yeah. At this point, logic has been gone since probably 2012. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> dude, even before that. But, well, um, CM Punk had some logic thrown in. So, Summer of Punk 2011, I'll give credit for that. Once it got to the Rock coming back, that that pretty much ended it. And best uh, the uh, the twice in a lifetime that still haunts my dreams to this day. I, why didn't they just make a third one happen? They kind of did at the expense of the Wyatt family. Remember? Yeah, but that wasn't an, that was the match. That was them teaming up and being like, "Hey, we're friends now. Don't you love fruity pebbles and the Tooth Fairy working together?" <laughs> And don't you just love how we keep using the Wyatt family to their full potential? Where have they been? Oh, oh yeah. And you know, what a great uh, momentous return for Luke Harper <laughs> in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, where everyone could tell how important and how used he was going to be. That was a great job. Good job on their part. But um, anyway, the actual show started. Um, a lot of people complained about the ring setup. How it was just a giant screen. What I mean, we... I, they've really been phoning in their appearances for their shows for years now. Yeah. I mean, there used to be, if you recall, or if you go back on the WWE Network, which you can buy for the low, low price of nine ninety nine a month, and if nice. you look back at like Backlash two thousand two, or like any of those pay per views where they actually had creative setups for every pay per view. And now every Raw looks the same, every SmackDown looks the same, every pay-per-view looks the same, except for WrestleMania, but it's, I don't know, they, they really just have stopped trying it. I will say I loved the screen just because it was so massive. That that was, it was a lot to take in, which I liked. When I first saw it, I'm like, damn, that must have been an expensive try. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's like the size of like six or seven normal trons. Yeah. It, it was enormous. Um, so the show started with Alexa Bliss coming out, and I was immediately annoyed because, you know, I want to start WrestleMania with a wrestling match. But boy, did we. This is WWE, Joshua. It doesn't happen. I know. I know. never action that starts a show. I know. commonplace. Why do I keep my hope? Why do I keep having hope, uh, Sean? What's wrong with me? Honestly... I think that's what WWE relies on, is us to have willful hope that we know <laughs> we're never going to happen. 
it, it, I, I don't know how it hasn't been beaten out of me yet. Also, if you're hearing an echo, people that are listening to this, I apologize. I don't know how to turn it off. But, um, so... <laughs> Thanks, Sean. Uh, so, uh, the show actually started out with uh, Hulk Hogan, which surprised me. And he got a decent pop, but that led to Paul Heyman coming out. Now, to, before you get to this Paul Heyman part, a lot of people didn't like the fact that Hogan came out. And to I say that, suck it up, people. <laughs> suck it up, okay? Yeah, I saw a bunch of complaining on Twitter, and I was just it's laughing. Over, and the only people with their panties in a knot are people who are trying to act PC. Yes. They're trying to pander, and they're trying to act out for other people. Get a mind of your own, and get over yourselves. If he's back, that means it's over. You all should just deal with it. End of story. It's all privilege, 101. Here it, we go. It's, it's almost like there's no such thing as forgiveness on Twitter. Or, or social media at all. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I actually got into a legitimate argument saying, like, what has Hogan ever done to you, specifically done to you? He had no argument because he didn't do anything to him. And this is a white guy I'm talking to just for varying. He's like, he's a racist. I'm like, what the fuck do you care? <laughs> yeah. But I, but I want a virtue signal, colonist. I have to virtue signal 24-7. I know. And now your whole podcast is going to get demonetized and people are going to start backlashing to me on this. But, you know, <laughs> oh, well. Suck it up to all you people, too. We're, I really don't care what you think. Hey, if white privilege is real, that, mean, if white privilege is real, that means we're going to get away with it anyway. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Just keep digging the hole deeper. Before we've even gotten to the match. Anyway, Paul Heyman... <laughs> And the worst part is this is the show where they had the first African-born black WWE champion. What's wrong with us? Hey, I was all for that. Yeah. Anyway, continue. Anyway, so Paul Heyman comes out. Right when Paul Heyman came out, I was like, oh boy, are they doing what I think they're doing? And then they did what they th I thought they were doing. And then I was like, holy crap, Seth Rollins is winning. And then he did. This was really surprising. I First of all, I really like the fact that Heyman came out while Hogan was still on the stage. Like, he just didn't have time to watch that posing bullcrap. Yeah. He was like, no, I got business to take care of. And <laughs> I loved that because it was, A, confusing, but in, like, the exciting way yeah. that it used to be. You know, that, that when something was happening, you wanted to pay attention to it, especially with Heyman, like, freaking out with the way he did. Yeah, uh, which you don't really see from him either. Normally he's cool and collected, but he was. I love this. I loved this opening. It yes. Yeah, and especially the whole "we're gonna go to Vegas" line. I love that. <laughs> and then Brock Lesnar proceeded to beat the piss out of Seth Rollins. Did you see the bruises on this man's back? Oh, that was. Oh, I felt for him, and especially because, like, in the weeks leading up, like you heard about all those stories about Seth having like a pre-existing back injury that he's working through. And then you saw those black and blue marks on his back. I mean, it only added to that drama to it, which is great. You know, you don't get those types of drama-filled moments, especially to start a show like that. That F5 on the floor must have sucked. <laughs> that looked brutal. That probably hurt. I, I would imagine that probably hurt. Like, I was going to say that was a fantastic sell, but I don't know if, how much of that was selling and how much of that was real. Because it looked well, oof. Props to Seth on that because it because he's great at blurring the lines like that. I mean, it's he's one of those guys where it looks like he actually legitimately in pain. And yeah. He probably was actually legitimately in pain. Yeah, because he got slammed really hard, and I think I may have fixed the echo. Never mind. It it keeps coming back up. Why does it keep doing this? Anyway. 
Anyway. <laughs> All right, so uh, this is going to be strange to edit. But, um, so, uh, yeah, Seth Rollins hit the low blow when the referee got knocked out of the ring and then hit a super kick and three curb stomps and a new Universal Champion. The only thing I didn't like about that match was the low blow. I understand why he did it, but I, I really would have liked to have seen Seth do something other than a low blow. It's just, I don't know. It feels like it's been overused at this point. Like, after Nakamura's House of Dicks. <laughs> from then, and then you move on to, like, uh, Daniel Bryan doing it. When, hey, Daniel uh, Bryan was showing Nakamura how to proper, properly utilize the House of Dicks yeah, maneuver. Da- Daniel Bryan did it to Brock, and then Daniel Bryan did it to AJ. I don't know what everyone's fascination with AJ's sack is. <laughs> but he's, he's a southern boy, what can I say? I just felt like it just wasn't necessary. Like, there was another way to do that. And, and I'm not saying that it took away from the match. It, this is personal preference. That's all. Yeah. Uh, but And then the three curb stomps, which I thought were great. Uh, and a clean pin. Yeah, well. Which was also great. Relatively clean. I mean, the low blow well, makes it a teeny well, bit dirty. But, but he, won, he won by himself. That's right. Exactly. I, I was cool with it. I mean, that's a small detail in what otherwise was a great opener to this show. And as much as I love Brock Lesnar, it's such a breath of fresh air to see someone else with the belt. It was time. Yes. It it was time for him to drop it. It was time at Crown Jewel, and I can't believe I'm saying this, Braun Strowman still should have won that match, but... I mean, whether you like Braun or you hate him, it's criminal what happened to Braun Strowman. Yeah, just... I mean, it's the way that he was... A, incredibly over. B, had opportunity after opportunity. And I hear, of course, that he had those backstage issues. But whether he was or not, from a storyline standpoint, he deserved better than that. He deserved better than fighting the SNL guys on the fucking pre-show. And teaming with a 10-year-old last year. Uh, Don't trigger me. (laughs) Don't do it. And also being Karen Jarrett's bitch. (laughs) We don't need a rant this early in the all right so up next was us uh, i'm i might be a teeny bit triggered we know randy orton was a little triggered uh randy orton versus aj styles in an absolutely blinding matchup uh that this match actually kind of made me sad because it was really good but like half the crowd was blinded so it was really quiet until the end Honestly, it, the match, I feel like, based on where it was and how much time they had, this could have been like a feature bout yeah. in another reality, but it ended up going on second. I mean, it was still good. Don't get me wrong. It was still good. I very much enjoyed how they worked off each other. They had great chemistry together. Randy um, gave one of the best superplexes I've ever seen. It was which actually, amazing. Which actually injured AJ Styles. I don't know whether you know that. That was the spot that did it. Mm. Um, And it wasn't anything Randy did. It's just that uh, AJ rotated wrong and landed on one hip before he landed on the other hip. Which was fine at first, but like the next day he could like barely walk. So we'll have to see how he recovers from that. But I mean, I'm sure he'll be fine. He's obviously going to get a huge pop when he returns. Yeah, I mean, and landing on your hip from that high up? Yeah, that's... That's going to hurt. Yeah. And can I just say, 
that my two favorite users of the dropkick in a match against each other. Just the dropkicks in this match. Oh my god. <laughs> I, especially the one... AJ does a beautiful dropkick. Randy Orton does a vicious dropkick. Randy has had a picture-perfect dropkick from the moment he debuted yes. in 2002. Just, I mean, he's, oh he's my god. best features. Yes, I love his... People People that say Randy Orton's boring, like, I'm not going to say they're wrong, but that drop kick, you got to give him that. Yeah, oh yeah. And uh, what was interesting about this match is that my, uh, my mom came down, Mama Collins came down to watch this match, and my mom's, like, not a wrestling fan at all, but she really actually enjoyed the match, <laughs> which I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. My mom's like, my mom's watching wrestling, and then she, like, but she kind of got worked by it, which was fun. Because then I could be like, oh, what's going to happen next? And blah, 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 blah. I'm, I don't know why I'm telling you this, but it was just, it was interesting because I was thrown off and I'm like never thrown off. So she was reacting more to the match than the audience was in the arena. But to be fair, at least your mom could see the match. That's true. Like, That's true. why were there so many technical issues at the biggest show of the year? Two words. Uh, you're going to hear a lot tonight. Kevin Dunn. More like Kevin Dumb. Like, bruh. You know, if you look up in the stars and you see two giant squares, they call that Kevin Dunn's teeth. <laughs> he's what happens. He's what would happen if Timmy Turner got into wrestling and grew up somewhat. And then say, and then had his dad save the tape library like back in the eighties. Now he's got a job for life. <laughs> Oh my God! He needs to. He needs to wish to, to make a wish. I wish that I could do camera work properly. There's a there's a great clip from 2002. It was right when they were like it was shortly after the brand split and Bischoff had just taken over Raw, and the whole point was like you know how like Raw and SmackDown were trying to like mess with each other at that time. Yeah. And there was a commercial that aired right before Raw went back on the air, and the commercial was for SmackDown. And the next scene you see on that Raw is Eric Bischoff storming into the production truck, and he just yells out, Kevin Dunn, what the hell was that? <laughs> I need to see this. And every time Kevin Dunn does something stupid, I just think about that in my mind, because it, because every time, it happens so often. Like whenever he zooms in and out and you feel like you're about to vomit? And trust me, this will not be the last talk of Kevin Dunn on this podcast. <sighs> like... And the and the the worst part was like Randy Orton thought the crowd was like chanting for him, but no, they were just chanting, "Please turn the lights off," <laughs> because like. To be fair though, Randy's a good sport about it. Yes. I mean, he, he could have been like what he usually is and uh, be a dick. Yeah. But uh, you know, he he decided instead to just shake his hand after we washed them and just be like, "Sorry to all the fans," and he even made fun of it, like with you know on SmackDown a couple nights ago. Yeah. Like, so, I, I, so I assume you saw the Instagram post he he did? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I love how in that post he put his own match over. That's that's just great. I mean, to be fair, it was a good match. Yes, it was. I mean, <laughs> so you can never tell. Randy would be the first to tell you how good his matches are. Oh, yeah. But that's just Randy. I'm not going to argue with him because I'm in love with the man. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> that, that is... Let's move on. Uh, <laughs> 
Up next was probably one of the most entertaining top-tier matches of the show, the Fatal 4-Way Tag Team Match for the SmackDown Tag Titles. The Usos versus Aleister Black, Ricochet, Rusev Nakamura, and The Bar. This match was awesome. The real star of this match, first of all, before I say that, you know I was talking about poor Asuka? Mm-hmm. Poor, poor Knox and Rusev. I mean... <laughs> How bad is it that they have to be in a boo America? We don't like America because we're not America. And that's their gimmick. How many of those have we had? How many like Rusev has had one of those. Like eight times. <laughs> like that's he was there when he was Russian. <laughs> <laughs> it's two thousand nineteen. Two we... nationalities of hating America and it still hasn't gotten over. Rusev Day got over. Unfortunately. Yeah, this match was awesome. Great match. Um, Ricochet, definitely the star of this match. No and, and Cesaro, to a certain extent. Th- that set, that section, <laughs> when he was doing the swing and Sheamus kept beating dudes in the chest over and over, bar, that was bar, fantastic. The bar entertaining without even trying to be entertaining. That's, what I lo- like, that's why I've really enjoyed their longevity. The fact that they've been around for, what, three or four years now, I think. You know what would have been even better? If Cesaro was swinging Nicholas instead. <laughs> oh my god. Just imagine him swinging that little kid, then just flinging him out of the over the top rope into the stands. Oh lord, that would be, yo, because they would be getting so much trouble for that. I don't care. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, it was a, this the and also one thing I loved about this match, some of the kicks in this match were so stiff. Hard. Like Hard. they kicked each other in the mouth several times and I was like, "Ooh." Yeah, that black mass was not a work. <laughs> yeah. That hurt. Yeah. <laughs> and uh I loved that uh tower of death that they did and then Ricochet landed on his feet and just kind of back in the corner like, "How the hell did I survive that?" I, you, we looked at this differently. You were like, "How the hell did I do that?" And I was thinking, "I'm so glad I landed that." <laughs> it might have been both. Might have been both. It probably was both. <laughs> I don't know what just happened, but I sure am glad that it happened. But yeah, uh, the Usos won the match with a double splash, and uh, in my opinion, I would have been happy with Alistair Black and Ricochet winning, but the Usos was the right team to win. Yeah, and a guy who pissed himself. But I kind of think that the bar at this point don't need the tag titles to be relevant. Yeah. You know, it's like they don't need the titles to elevate themselves because when they're in a match, they're having a a pretty high-profile match. Yeah. And that that goes to show how how talented those two are and how successful they are as a team. And it's one of the very few instances of just throwing two people together because you have nothing to do with them and it actually working. Yes. So props to them for making it the best of that situation. I have a question. What are your thoughts on Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy winning the tag titles from the Usos on SmackDown this past uh, Tuesday? I think it's hypocritical of fans who complain about part-timers and all these older guys taking things from the younger guys, and yet they cream themselves when the Hardys <laughs> are in the ring. 
And I love Matt. Matt is one of my favorite wrestlers. He's probably my favorite wrestler, period. End of sentence, full stop. And I'm not knocking either of them in any way. I'm blaming the fans for being massive hypocrites. Yeah. I really think it's fine. I mean, it's going to depend. I think it's going to lead to a nice pay-per-view match between the two teams. Mm-hmm. And I'm really looking forward to that. And it was brothers versus brothers, so it was interesting. Yeah, and, and then Lars Sullivan showed up, which, <laughs> which happened. Yes. Uh, hey, that's that's... Remember, Lars Sullivan's gimmick is he's what Braun Strowman should have been, and what Braun Strowman th- uh, fans think he is. He's Braun Snitsky. Yes. Except, you know, actually kind of good. Uh, but that's just my opinion. It's not his fault, though. <laughs> <laughs> his entrance is phenomenal, though. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. But uh, speaking of phenomenal, or a severe lack of, Shane McMahon versus The Miz in a false can anywhere match. Uh, this is the first thing on the show that I didn't like. This was like an Attitude Era style, like craziness. This was just like there was the George Miz, the Potato versus Potato face off. <laughs> there was. Oh, uh, Shane was uh, throwing a few potatoes. Uh, I, let in, me tell you. In, in the cultaholic sense of the phrase. Yes. But, uh, it's uh, that that was ridiculous, and then Miz just beating up Shane. That golf cart bump was nasty. Yes. Which, he was not supposed to fall that extra six feet. I guarantee you. Or the part where he like the uh, the one where he kicked it, Shane, and Shane's head bounced off a railing. Oh yeah! Like oh yeah. man! Shane took some nasty stuff. I mean, I didn't even mind the finish just because I've I've thought about that like doing a finish like that before. So I was like, hey, they stole my idea. I'm cool with that. I will uh, say the only reason I don't like this match, which besides Shane McMahon's god awful horrendous punches, um, is. Purely my own personal bias against Shane McMahon and The Miz because I hate them both. That said, this match was entertaining. Yeah, it, I mean, it was I will give them props for that. It was not going to be Gargano Cole. No, it, no. Nobody expected it to be, but, I, you know, it was a match that I was underwhelmed with on paper that I feel over-delivered. It yes. It wasn't the best, but I, it over-delivered, which, which I was totally cool with. And I actually told you before that match started that it was going to over-deliver. Yes, you did. And you it called sure it. Did. And the and it I sure did, did like the finish, even though it made The Miz look like a complete and total moron. Like, he beat himself. Yeah, I mean, but, but also there was like, that's also circumstances. You get hurt, and then it just happens to be on top of you. I mean, it, it happens. Also, I don't like The Miz, so I don't care that much. <laughs> wrestler but he's not the worst i mean he's definitely on the roster yeah i love his finishing move i love the skull crushing finale yeah i wish that shane mcmahon actually hadn't kicked out that you know what would have been cool yes they buried the they they buried the skull crushing finale on this show if if miz had done a skull crushing finale off of that guard thing and then they both just fell and somehow shane landed on top of him Yes. I mean, the suplex was dope. Don't get me wrong. Also, there was a part of the match. They beat the crap out of each other. Like, Shane hit him with, like, a TV monitor, and the top or back of Miz's head got busted open. He was bleeding everywhere. Yeah. I mean, it was was legitimately Attitude Era-style match. And and for as infrequently as they do that kind of stuff, I was cool with this one. I thought it was fine. It was the exact, almost the exact same thing that happened when uh, when Shane had that um, no holds barred match with Randy Orton back at uh, No No Way Out, 
in 2009 where he hit him in the head with a TV monitor and Orton was bleeding everywhere. So Shane really needs to work on his TV monitor. Uh, he really needs to work on his TV monitor strikes. Yes, he does. He has to. There's no other way that somebody's getting busted with the TV monitor unless you hit him with the exact sharp edge, like right at the base of the neck. By the way, if you guys haven't seen the match I'm talking about, the Randy Orton Shane McMahon uh, No Holds Barred match, it's a fantastic match. I mean. Randy's work in 2009 was unparalleled. Yes. I mean, that is peak Randy Orton. Yes, absolutely. And that match with Shane was great. It's a shame that the WrestleMania match that year was not super. Yes. But but it's okay. It's honestly, it's but that match, it's it's worth the watch. Yes. Because there's a lot of good storyline to it. And that was probably the last really good year of storylines. That whole no, no way out. I keep saying no escape. That whole no way out pay per view two thousand nine is really good. That whole pay per view is great. Yeah, there's a lot of underrated matches on that one. Um, speaking of, uh, I don't want to say underrated because it's exactly rated as it should have been. The Fatal Four Way Women's Tag Team Match, the Iconics oh, versus Boston Hug Connection, worst name ever, Nia Jackson Tamina, and the Divas of Doom. This match sucked. <laughs> That's the main reason. I will be fair. When the two teams that could work were in the ring together, the match was fine. Problem was, you also had the Iconics, Nia Jax, and Tamina in the ring as well. And when they were in the match, it of course fell apart. Because it's the Iconics and Nia Jax and Tamina. I mean, they all tried. I, I, I'll, I'll give you an A for effort. Maybe like a, like a C- minus for execution. Maybe even a D+. Plus. It just... I, I couldn't get involved, invested in it. Nobody else could get invested in it. And, uh, and Paige is the worst commentator on... What, like, there were multiple commentators on the show. Thank God Booker T was cut short. But Paige was so bad. She was... Oh, my God. That was... Why they had so many different commentators for this show? This was like guest commentator mania. You could tell that Paige was pretending to sound excited. She sounded like she did not care at all. Yeah, because she heard everybody else, and everybody else didn't care. Yeah. We didn't care. She yeah. didn't care. <laughs> but she was pre- she sounded like she was pretending to care, which is even worse. Yeah, it was... It's just... And then, the only thing that was funny about... Oh, there was one thing that I found hilarious about this. You know how they call Nia Jax the unstoppable force? Yes. Well, when she was thrown into that ring steps, clearly the ring steps were not the immovable object because she hit them and those ring steps flew a good eight feet. <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god!" So, uh, white privilege and now fat shaming. We're we're batting a thousand tonight, Sean. I'm not fat shaming. I'm, I'm saying the ring steps were not the immovable object. Um, I'm not saying anything about Nia Jax. Wait. I'll say one thing about Nia Jax. When the, like the first few seconds of the match, someone threw a drop kick at her. She no sold it, so Natalia legit got pissed and shoved her out of the ring. And then Nia Jax took the drop kick bump, and right there, I completely lost any interest I had in the match. I don't even remember that moment. Like she, someone threw a, a drop kick right in Nia's face, and she just stood there and forgot. She was supposed to jump out of the ring, but then Natalia had to come up and shove her. Like, like get out. And I was just already infuriated. 
But I will say one thing that I do like about um, this match. The Iconics, you know when they say Iconic and they do the superhero pose? That, that I find that hilarious. It's just, it just works. Although, there's one thing about it that doesn't make any sense. They're heels. Why are the heels doing a superhero pose? They should be doing a super villain pose. Am I am I am I trying to find logic in WWE again? Yeah, yeah, you gotta stop that. Okay, I I can't help it. I'm I'm only human, Sean. I know, but you gotta work on that. I do find the finish was just hysterical to me. I actually busted out laughing because it was like it was just the dumbest finish. Yes. It was like, oh, we got emphatic glam slam, which was awesome. Yes. I cannot believe they put the belts on the Iconics. I mean, I can, but I can't. I mean, Sasha Banks tried to quit because of it. <laughs> she's, she's currently throwing a temper tantrum, and we may not see her in WWE again now. So. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's like, and, and honestly, I kind of see her point because, like, you just established these women's tag titles. You have two good workers in Sasha and Bailey. You had already gone to the lengths of saying, oh, we're going to go defend these in NXT. We're going to defend them on both places. And then they lose, like... To the Iconics. First defense. Uh, And uh, it it gives me flashbacks of the whole Neville-Enzo Amore cruiserweight title thing. You know... It's eerily similar. I I, I see see what you're saying there. You know what would have been nice is if... Like, I know how you feel about the Iconics, but it would have been better if the Iconics had won the belts in the first place and then have Sasha and Bailey win them at Mania. Yeah. Because it would have felt like at least a little bit more important. You could have had the Iconics being like gimmicky about that, but then you could have Sasha and Bailey bring that legitimacy in. I will say I don't hate the Iconics. I hate Nia Jax and Tamina because they're horrendous, but the Iconics just aren't ready yet. (laughs) What do you think is going to happen to Tamina now that Nia Jax is getting double ACL surgeries? My guess is that she's just going to, like, go back into obscurity forever. Can she just stop wearing that enormous jacket? Please. Like... I know, she looks like the dollar store Ginyu Force. Whenever she wrestles, like, for a minute in that gigantic jacket, she looks like she just ran a marathon. Yeah, because she... Because she's just sweat her ass off because she's wearing a jacket wrestling. Why? Take it off! I mean... All right, Sean. <laughs> anyway. No offense, I'm not calling you ugly. I'm just saying it's okay. So, Samoans just don't tickle uh, Sean's fancy, okay? okay. We don't need to be degrading our women by having them take off their clothes in the middle of a wrestling ring. This is a 2003. All right, well, you're, you're going to get Dave Meltzer if you don't watch it. Uh, well, yeah, I'm trying to balance out what I was saying. Right? <laughs> you know, it's just trying to get this level a little bit. <laughs> anyway, man, we're getting demonetized so fast. Uh, oh, God. Uh, up next was clearly, I don't think there's going to be any argument from anyone, the best thing on the show, Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan for the WWE Championship this should have been the main event, but I'm kind of glad. I'm kind of glad it wasn't because if this was the main event, the crowd would have been way too exhausted. It, it wouldn't have gotten the reaction it, it did. I, I definitely agree with that. I mean, this was this was. I have no complaints about this match at all. It was so good. Ending was a hair abrupt. Yeah. But but honestly. 
honestly, the, the reaction and response after that was what made it all worth it. The reversals in this match were glorious. Ridiculous. The the counter from the SOS into the Yes Lock, I still have no idea how Daniel Bryan did that. It was amazing. It's, it's the LaBelle Lock, though, now. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right, that's right, that's right. He's the new Daniel Bryan. Even though the new Daniel Bryan has been around for, like, six months. Yes. <laughs> he, he so, should change it to the we're used to you now, Daniel Bryan. The, the new but not so new, the slightly tarnished <laughs> Daniel Bryan. But, um, what did they use on Amazon? Uh, like new? The like new Daniel Bryan. Yes. Not and the uh, like the new Daniel Bryan, but the like new. And I'm so glad because we all know that the New Day breakup is coming. It's they're clearly going to turn Biggie yeah. Langston heel. Oh yeah. They're. I'm very thankful that they went with the happy ending for this. Oh yeah. Because yeah. if they did it at WrestleMania, if they had oh, Biggie turn, it, it. it would not have. It would not have worked. Yeah. It, no. It, it would not at all. I think that they needed that. Bret Hart, WrestleMania 10, hoist up on the shoulders, everybody's cheering. And honestly, I'm not a huge fan of backstage segments mid-match, but them cheering on Kofi worked in this situation. Yes, it did. This I needed the nice storybook ending. Yeah, um, I, I love this. I have no complaints about this whatsoever. Um, yeah. Other than it should have been the main event, but that's just me. Uh, uh, well, that's a lot of people have been saying that. Yes. It was uh, the... Like, if you, if you watch the show and you turn it off after this, then... You would have missed two good matches, but... You would have missed some, some interesting things. Yes. Let's just put it that way. Well, you would have missed a, t you would have missed a midget powerbombing a giant. That's... Yeah. And a 42-year-old... We'll get to it. Yes. We'll get to it. <laughs> um, up next was Samoa Joe eating Rey Mysterio alive for the United States Championship. I loved this. Yeah, me too. I thought this was... Especially for such a long card... It made Samoa Joe look great. Yes. It, uh, Ray obviously was still hurt. Yeah. I mean, didn't he have an ankle? Didn't he have an ankle injury? Something like that. Thanks, Baron Corbin. And, uh, but it, it was great. It made Samoa Joe look badass, which is something WWE has struggled with. Yes. So hard. Just have him murder people. This is all we've ever wanted from Samoa Joe was that. How is it so hard to just have big? Evil-looking dudes murder people. No, it, it was perfect, especially a guy like with the status of Rey Mysterio yes. putting over Joe that way. It was. It, I had. I was loved this. I thought it was exactly what it needed to be. Yeah. Also, I, another reason why I love this is because Booker T got cut off, and I hate listening to Booker T on commentary. So I got what I wanted in spades. Yeah, I think we all lucked out on that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> also, Rey Mysterio coming out dressed as Mysterio was fantastic. I'm just saying... He's, he's in the next like, one. Is he? Yeah, he's in um, Far From Home. He's in the trailer. Good, because I'm, I'm a big fan of the whole Quentin Beck and Mysterio and all that because it's like it's such a fun storyline. And it's like, he's one of my favorite villains because he's just like, he's so corny that it's just, it's amazing. Yeah, you have so, a trailer to watch after we're done here. Yeah, and I, I think he's being, and I think he's played by him. Jake Gyllenhaal. Okay. Uh, I'm, le I'm, I'm less interested but <laughs> um anyway so yeah uh, the Samoa Joe Rey Mysterio match thumbs up uh, up next 
Not gonna lie, kind of a mixed bag. Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre in a singles match. This felt like a Monday Night Raw match. It was fine. It was fine. It was, it was fine. I have. It was not bad. It was not good. It was. It was fine. And it was nice to see Drew get a made of, get a WrestleMania singles match though. That's yeah. Big happiness for that. He got beat way too easily though. Yeah, but I don't think it, this match really. Let's be honest. This match was not about Drew. Yes. At all. Yeah. Drew was just the placeholder here. He he did get to place. show some of his moves. He did get to show some of his stuff, and he did look good. He did, oh, he did. And I think that he's a good, like, legitimate guy to make feel like Roman Reigns is going back to feeling a little bit more important. Mm-hmm. You know, he was he was the right guy in the right place to get Roman Reigns back over. I mean, good. And I also felt pretty uh, satisfied for Roman Reigns. I've never hated Roman Reigns. Yeah, me ever. either. Even when he's gotten all that hate, it was nice to hear Roman cheered at a mania. Those past few have been really rough on him. Yeah. Can you can you imagine wanting to wrestle at WrestleMania your whole life and actually getting the main event and everyone hates you? For four years. For four I, years straight. For four straight years, just unbridled, like, X-Pac go-away heat. Yes. And, and finally, finally getting the cheers. I, th- I think it was, it was nice. It, it, was, it was fine. Mm-hmm. I have... I, I'm... It did feel like a raw match, but I'm not upset that it was on the card. Yeah. Up next, Sean, I think me and you are in the minority for this next match. Triple H versus Batista, no holds barred. If Triple H loses, he would have to retire from in-ring competition. I love this match. This match, well, we were talking about Attitude Era style matches. This was definitely like a ruthless aggression style match. Yes. It was, it was... It wasn't a technical masterpiece. No, it was not. It was not meant to be a technical masterpiece. It was, I mean, I loved Triple H's, like, demonic smile as he was just messing with his fingers. That's a nice nose ring you got there. Yeah. (laughs) That was funny. It was was great. It was great, like, ruthless aggression storytelling with two guys who just, like, were out there having fun. Yeah, and I've never seen Triple H bounce off a DDT before. That was insane. That uh, I, that bump that Batista took on the table that wasn't the table that didn't break. The bump he took on the steel steps off the power bomb. My God. Yeah, that one was rough. He bounced and slid off the edge, and I was like, "Oh, oh you poor man." Yeah, they. I mean, they they beat the tar out of each other. Yes, they did. It was it was great fun. I mean, I yeah, it was I, a lot of fun. I mean, Triple H's entrance was fantastic. I loved that Mad Max come entrance. Ba- Batista's um, entrance was uh, was awesome in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> definitely the Hollywood. He definitely played up that Hollywood-esque thing. I, I was talking about how when he was trying to get into the ring, he kind of tripped, and everyone was like... And they made him do it again, and you will never, for the record, if you go onto the network, which you can conveniently watch for the role of price of 99 you get your first month free. Thank you, Sean. Uh, if you watch that WrestleMania, you will not see that trip because, <laughs> because he went out and went back in to make sure that they could edit it so that he didn't look like a jackass. <laughs> too late, too late. <laughs> oh man, when when I when that happened, everyone on Twitter was like, "Uh oh, this might be a problem." <laughs> so so if you want to see it, go onto YouTube. It's definitely on YouTube. It's glorious. But and you know, I gotta give Batista a lot of respect. Because the day after he retired, but he didn't want to say that he was retiring because he didn't want to take from Kurt Angle's moment. Yes. Classy, 
move right there by Batista. I love Batista. I, I love that. And, and, I mean, to be fair, nobody in the arena, nobody in the world thought Batista was going to win that match. Yeah. Nobody. I will say that I I have one complaint with this match. Well, I actually have two. One, it went a teeny bit long, but it's a Triple H match at WrestleMania. What do you expect? Yeah. Uh, But my biggest issue with this match was when they did the Hell in a Cell callback because he had him in the Batista bomb and Triple H had the sledgehammer, but Batista pulled the trigger first. That was great. The commentators didn't acknowledge it at all. Yeah, I was really surprised at that. I'm just like, come on! It was clear as day. It was the exact same spot. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I was kind of upset with that. And maybe that's just, I mean... Well, and they showed it in the yeah, video package. They showed it in the video package. Yeah. Why is their commentary so bad? And Sean, I love you, man, but commentary is not your thing. <laughs> I, I, I love your in-ring work. I love the work you're doing in NXT. But leave the commentary to the semi-professionals that are doing it right now. Uh, quarter professionals. Let's let's be realistic. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. I'm giving them a little too much credit. And the finish was great too. The Ric Flair coming in and getting revenge—that was great. And it's also worth noting that Batista could still claim if he ever decides that he wants another one with Triple H. That he's like, well, you still couldn't beat me one on one. Yes. You still needed Rick. Uh, after all these years, you still needed Rick. Yeah, I mean, I think it was uh, it was great. I enjoyed the whole thing. Yeah. From start to finish, this definitely had like an old school feel to it, and I'm all about that old school feel. Good stuff. Yes, and I love both guys. Speaking of wonderful, that sure, uh, th- this next match, Baron Corbin defeated Kurt Angle in Kurt Angle's retirement match. Was well, hold on before we get to this. Was the Elias segment after this or before this? It was before this. Okay, I have to stop to talk about that. I know you don't want to because I know how you feel about it. But I want to stop to talk about this before we get to Corbin and Angle. Because, okay. uh, not even for the Dr. Thelonomics thing, but props to Elias. for I was really outside the box of having like him on the piano and then <laughs> him on the guitar and then him on the drum set and having like a massive three-way thing. Like, music number with himself and him just continuously congratulating himself on how good he was what was the funniest thing it was great it was great it was really funny i don't even care what happens after that because that alone was so creative and so outside the box yes wwe normally does with these segments that was really funny it was funny And and then the 42 year old who thinks he's a 22 year old rapper came out and i don't know why they call it rap because it's him just doing basic rhymes where he broke kayfabe which is like okay i'm going to say something that is kind of controversial but should not be thugonomic cena is just as bad as regular cena they both suck well let me tell you this though thug uh fruity pebble cena would not have been as well received as thugonomic cena was i don't care i I know you don't this is a personal issue with me sean that's why you were going to skip right over this, and I wasn't going to let you do that. When that's when that part came, when he came out to Thugonomics Cena, I legit turned, I took my headphones off and just started watching something else until, until it was over. I could not, I could not bear it. And that might have been actually 
my pop in the night. Cause I was, just, I was, that was just as a surprise. That was just like, oh, oh, okay, we're gonna get thugged out with you. But he looked so ridiculous. Plus, you had your friend uh, pulling his hair out while watching it across the <laughs> across right. the country. Well, it's interesting because I was watching. Uh, again, I, I hate to shout them out so much, but called to Holic, but they made a good point. Ross made a good point where you remember that promo that CM Punk gave to John Cena where he said you've become the very thing you hate you're the I forget half the, the New York Yankees you've become the New York Yankees and then they did that whole Babe Ruth thing before John Cena came out and he's from Boston why is he wearing a New York jersey because he is the New York Yankees and he finally acknowledged it CM Punk's pretty damn clever isn't he yes he is he, he pretty much nailed everything he said right right down to the team from like eight years ago. I know. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Say so, what you want about CM Punk, but he's a smart man. He is. All right, we can move on now. <laughs> uh, move on. I'm probably the only person on earth that enjoyed this match at all. Sure. I liked it. Baron Corbin defeated Kurt Angle. It was it was a raw match. Like there wasn't anything to it. But the fact that uh, Baron Corbin mocked John Cena and everyone wanted John Cena, but they didn't get it, and he just won the match anyway. That's why I liked it. That's absolutely 100% why I liked it. That was cool. I mean, that, leave it to Corbin to know exactly how to get people annoyed at him. Yes. And, and say what you want, and I was making this case to uh, a couple people. Baron Corbin was absolutely 100% no doubt the right choice to end Kurt Angle's career in Mania. <laughs> He was the guy that nobody wanted to see, that everybody really hated, not because they liked him, but because they wanted him to go away. He wouldn't go away. They had the previous storyline history, and Corbin's going to be a perfect guy to gloat about that and throw it right into all of those entitled fans' faces yes. for wanting John Cena in that spot. Yes. Was, I mean, was the match a tech? Again, it was no Gargano Cole. Yeah. Yes. It was no Dunwalter. It was it was a forty thousand year old angle turtle facing. <laughs> oh come on! Tell me he doesn't look like a turtle without a shell. I mean, you're not wrong, but. <laughs> I love you, Kurt. But it's true. He doesn't suck. He he doesn't suck. He snaps anyway. But anyway, so I, this match was fine. I think Corbin winning was, was the right move. And honestly, they worked pretty well together. Yeah, it's just... It was Baron Corbin and the crowd had seen literally 13 matches before this. Yeah, they were drained. Yes, they absolutely. Drained. I feel like Corbin would have gotten more heat earlier in the show. And that's... I mean, to be fair, I, I think Corbin was a good choice for this. And for the people saying that it should have been Cena, let me ask you this. For every time that you say that you want people to put these old timers to put the young guys over for the young guys to have their chances why did you want cena in there so badly why why are they okay with cena coming back when he keeps leaving and why do they keep dumping on brock lesnar like it's just these people don't make any sense no they don't who, who would that have helped if kurt faced cena that would have been oh well john cena got a rub and oh bye and then <laughs> kurt's oh bye it's because and wrestling fans are wrestling fans are dumb they really are. But yeah, thumbs up, thumbs up for me just just because of the making fun of Cena thing. Yeah, and, and making fun of 
the smarts. Anytime yes. you're smart bashing, I'm all for it. Yes, Props absolutely. Absolutely. Like, keep doing what you're doing, man. Um, up next was uh, Finn Balor versus Bobby Lashley for the Intercontinental title. This was definitely put on fast forward, but it was good while it lasted. I have no idea, because I guess because Finn Balor said he was... Huh? You know what this probably was? It's like, okay, we need to do something just as cool as the demon contacts. That's it. I think Bobby Lashley was thinking, he's coming out as the demon, so I'm going to look weird too and intimidate him. It didn't work, it just looked weird. It didn't, it was just... It was just random. It was very random. Also, Bobby Lashley cannot take a uh, sling blade. Bobby Lashley can't take a lot of things. <laughs> he can take Roman Reigns giving him an attitude adjustment over the top rope. That's true. Which must have sucked. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I still can't believe he did that. Like. Bob, say what you want about Bobby Lashley. He took that bump. He has my respect. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've always liked Bobby Lashley. It's just like, he's definitely had his good matches, and he's definitely had his not-so-good matches. Yeah. And, and and he and Finn have a pretty good chemistry together from the amount of times that they faced each other, which is also a big detractor for me for this match, because it feels like we've seen this match for the title every week. Yes. And, and for the past, like, two months. So it's just like, oh, okay, another thing. With like a flip flop of the title, and, and yeah. there's again no way the demon's not winning. This was another pretty foregone conclusion there. This uh, match is a thumbs up for me purely because Finn Balor gave Bobby Lashley a power bomb. That that popped me. So that was the best spot of the match. Yes, it was. It was yeah. it was phenomenal. And the I mean, stomp where he crushed Bobby Lashley's ribs. Yeah. Oh, and his yeah. chest. That was a brutal stomp. Yes, it did. It really woke up the crowd pretty significantly, which is which was cool because they needed to be woken up to get ready for what we'll get to in a second. But oh yes, was, uh, I, I gotta give uh, Finn credit for demoning. You know how he does that, like that crawly entrance yes. with the whole demon thing, for getting his ass down that ring fast enough to be like a normal entrance ramp. Yeah, like he did the. <laughs> Yeah. So. All right. So up next, we're gonna make history, Sean. It's the. Oh, wait, oh, wait, 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 hold on. We've gone through so many of these right now. It seems like it's time for a break. Seven hours into the show. Oh my God. Why did they do this? This is not iCarly. Why did they do this? There was no point to this. Nobody wanted to see this. Nobody needed to see this. This was way too late in the show to do this kind of bullshit. I have a question. I have a question. Do you have any idea what I'm talking about with the iCarly thing? Yes. Okay, thank God. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> yes. I, I was I was afraid that you were like, okay, random iCarly name drop. Josh was gone insane, but whatever. <laughs> no, it's uh, but this was just, I, this was so unnecessary. It was so clearly we need five minutes for this crowd to like take out their oxygen masks. <laughs> Power Bob were put back 
to sleep with this dance break. You know who I need after a 15-match show? R-Truth. I don't even hate R-Truth. I don't either, but I'm just like, oh my god, why? This was not necessary. It was so stupid. Oh, oh, and you know what? Before I forget it, that (laughs) the thing with the SNL guys with Scott Hall and Kevin Nash was hysterical. I don't think I saw it. Oh, God, okay. Let me try and summarize this. This happened, like, several matches ago. But uh, Colin Jost and Michael Chair are, like, saying, like, how hurt they are. And the doctors turn around, and it's Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. And they're talking about, like, they didn't they didn't specifically say proctology exams, but they, like, really did the flex the rubber glove. <laughs> and Kevin Nash looks, like, all seductive as he's putting the glove on. It's, it's absurd. And it's like, what the hell? But... It would explain why there's such an issue with the doctors in WWE. Because if you're letting Scott Hall and Kevin Nash be your doctors for your trainers, no wonder seven people got injured at WrestleMania. Good lord. That's a lot of injuries. Love, love the outsiders. Good to see them. Anyway. Uh, so we had our historic main events where the microphone got cut off. <laughs> that yeah, I mean, killed me. <laughs> All right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I know. What you're sa- okay, we're just gonna keep making the same joke at each other over and over. <laughs> Thanks, Kevin Dunn. Gee, like the not only is it the biggest show of the year, not only is it the main event of the biggest show of the year, sixteen matches in at this point, but it's the first ever women's main event match, and the microphone can't take just can't take it anymore. Where they had Brett come out after uh, Beth Phoenix and Natalia came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a, <laughs> Brett's music played, but it took a solid like 20 seconds for them to switch from Beth Phoenix's Tron to Brett's. Oh my god. And I'm like, Kevin Dunn, what the hell was that? In a match later, when Kofi Kingston was making his entrance, his nameplate appeared on the screen. Immediate cutaway. Like, the second his nameplate got on the screen, cutaway. <laughs> maybe he was as just maybe he was just as asleep as the crowd was it could be or, may, or maybe the lights were projecting off his teeth they were bouncing off his teeth into the monitor back into his eyes his teeth is actually a tomb raider light puzzle sean his teeth is actually a tomb raider light puzzle <laughs> That's fantastic. You know, uh, if you actually, if you get several lasers, you could actually solve one of those ratchet clank revolving puzzles. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, this has gone on way too far. Yes, we're. This has gone off the rails. Uh, but this match, Becky Lynch versus Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte Flair, good match. Exhausted crowd. That was the story Why of this match. In the hell, did Charlotte come down in that helicopter and then outside? And then take an entire Joan Jet performance to get to the ring. <laughs> what was the point of that? Please tell me, says Charlotte Flair, I don't want to be stigmatized by my father, even though I do the woo and I use the figure four and I have his theme song in my theme song and I use the same helicopter spot that my father used. I don't want to be stigmatized by my father, Charlotte Flair. 
that's that's a very very they must have trimmed down that name on her birth certificate uh there's the ni- there's a nice dad joke for you um anyway uh speaking of the live performance for ronda rousey theme song so much better than her actual theme song yeah, it's sounded great. She looked great, and and honestly, I really do think it was the lower key that made that better. Because a lot of times it just sounds shrieky. Yes, it's um, and it's amazing how much better it sounded than her the way her theme song normally is. Can we just have that all the time? That'd be great. Also, Rhonda forgot to put on her weird bird makeup, which is a good thing. Also fine, and also, I am. I, I did see her crack a smile when she passed by Joe Jet. Totally cool. I yes. look out for that too. But then she did what it took a whole year for me begging for them to do with her. To walk down to the ring, no smile, all business. Yes. It took all year for them to finally get that right for her. In a match where she loses. <laughs> but still, I was, all I wanted was all business Ronda Rousey. Speaking of attire, anyone else think Becky Lynch's tracksuit thing is weird? Or is it just me? I I don't really... I'd have to look at it again. I didn't. I wasn't really paying attention to it. Because if I paid attention to the suit, then I'd have to start paying attention to what's underneath the suit. And I didn't want to do that for a match of the first ever historic women's main event. I wanted to see the action rather than being like, oh man... You you want you want you, that's not the kind of action you were looking for so that's what you're saying okay 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 it was too late I was honestly too exhausted for that kind of thing yeah but um <clears throat> the match itself was a little sloppy but for the most part it was pretty good it's just had a very tired crowd it was it was fine I mean uh, that nasty bump that Rousey took oh my that, god I how did she not break her own neck I was that was into, well she did break her hand. Yeah, that was that must have been what she broke her hand on. Yeah, I would imagine so. Probably Who thought that spot was a good idea? Yeah, it's uh, but it was uh, I, what I really liked with this match of, of all the spots was Charlotte's ring post figure four. You don't see enough ring post figure fours. Exactly. But to be fair, I think Bret Hart had a better ring post figure four than Charlotte's ring post figure four. Yeah. Bret Bret always locked it on. Especially during his heel run in WCW and, and in '97 in WWE, he locked it on intensely, mm-hmm. like wickedly intensely, and I gotta give him credit for that. Uh, but it was nice to see in this match. Nice to see that call back to somebody other than her father. And we got a beautiful Spanish fly, even though once again Kevin Dunn was zoomed right in on Charlotte's face while she was counting down before she jumped. Big surprise, Kevin, bruh. <clears throat> what you want to bet when, when the DVD comes out they're going to have a different angle so you don't see her counting down before she does the move they should have a DVD set the best of Kevin Dunn <laughs> just all botches hours of just like random red squares appearing in the arena just the wrong trons uh, misspelling episode like you name it just like AJ Styles coming out last year to having the universal title instead of the WWE title yeah, seriously. I remember that Yes, we could. Drives me insane. Um, I don't want to spend three discs just getting angry in production. <laughs> and then... Kind of and then the finish. 
What a way to send the crowd home. I feel bad for the ref in this situation because, like, the refs are supposed to take that, like, take it kind of like a shoot. So if the, mm-hmm. if the shoulders are up, you recount. But, like, to be fair for this guy, this is the main event of the show mm-hmm. and it's lasted seven hours long. Like, what do you do in this situation? Yeah. Do, do you let them improv a finish? Do you just finish it all the way? And he got fined. I don't know whether you know that. Yes, I do. I, I, I saw that. He got fined for, I guess, the botching it, but not botching it. I mean, it's... It's very convoluted. It's, yeah, it's just, a, it's a confusing situation, and I really think if you're going to blame anybody, you kind of got to blame Ronda for that one. Yeah, didn't she not want to get pinned? Yeah, but I mean, you could have done like the Hogan at WrestleMania 6 and kick out like immediately at 3. Yeah. You know, there was, there was ways to do that. I, I, it's just... It was a very awkward way to win, do in the show. Yeah! 16 yeah, matches, and that's the finish of your main event? Yikes. because of, like, the pressure that those three ladies had. Yes. Being, literally having that much hype about them being the first women's main event, having a pretty solid match, and then just to have it end like that. It's just, yeah. Like, I, I feel bad for everyone involved. Like, if you were all the way up in the nosebleeds, you could have seen that, sh- that Ronda's shoulder was up. And, and honestly, I truly do believe now that after that, we're never going to see women main event mania again. Probably not. It's a one and done. Yeah, and, and that's that's on Vince, but I I the whole I just said Vince McMahon looks like another writer's gonna get fired. Oh, <laughs> I heard about that too. I heard about that too. So, but like, I, I don't know. I, I feel bad for these three ladies. I, I hope that I hope that they'll all be fine moving forward. I, who knows what we're if we're gonna see Ronda again? It, hey, uh, at least hey, at least after they said Vince and got fined, at least no one got in the ring and tried to tackle anybody. That's true. Yes. Only to get beaten up by Ronda Rousey's boyfriend in the entire uh, WWE locker room. That punch by Dash Wilder. Dude, he messed him up. Glorious. Like, why would you tackle a 61-year-old man? I've watched that punch like 50 times, and it gets sweeter every time I see it. For those of you that don't have a clue what we're talking about, at the Hall of Fame, a fan attacked Bret Hart for no reason and just got demolished. security. No, not my so security. Like, but in a Hall of Fame full of wrestlers, do you even need security? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. You've got a bunch of people who know how to take people down. In the words of JR, he got taken behind the woodshed. Yeah. And, and Tess Wilder legitimately tried to put him out the pasture. I mean, yes. It is a stiff punch to the skull. Yeah, it was glorious. And it was, and I was ex- actually kind of hoping that he'd get rewarded by keeping the... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this was a decent, a very good, very decent WrestleMania. One of the better ones over the past several years. Yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed it. I mean, <clears> way time, too long. Uh, yeah. Way, way, way too long. You do not need a 16-match show. I don't care who you are. No, and it's not. The last 16-match show they had, or at least the last one I can remember, was, was the tournament that Randy Savage won. Yeah. Which was WrestleMania 4. Yeah. So, and, and that was a little different because it's a tournament. And I promise you, those matches all did not go 10 minutes plus. Yes. So, so Sean, what, are you, what is your rating for this pay-per-view out of 10? You know, I've, I've, I've really tried to mull this out because, like, a lot of... I really wasn't, like, 
disinterested in much. It was really the women's tag match I could not care less about. And, and that was by and large it. I mean, Finn and Bobby was like, saving the power bomb was met. And then, of course, I had to factor in. It took me a while to sort through this main event. But all in all, I, I think that the rating that you were saying that night is probably accurate. I, I'd give it an eight and a half. Yeah. You know, the pacing of this show was spectacular. For seven hours worth of content, they paced it out very well. Yeah, I agree. To keep, it, to keep it exciting enough to make you want to keep staying up. They tried. They really did. They didn't always succeed, but they tried. Right, and, and that's something that you can't always say about WWE. Like, they definitely put effort into this show. They had three major babyface wins with Becky yes. and Kofi and Seth, something they do not ever do. They gave the fans what they wanted, for the most part. Which, which again, is something they never do. Shocking. So I, I gotta give them credit for that. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely the build to this show was crap. Yes. <laughs> match definitely, I think the show definitely delivered on a number of fronts. I'm buying this on DVD. On I'm absolutely buying this on DVD. I will definitely rewatch this one on the network, which you can conveniently buy for the low, low price of $9.99. Man, Sean, you're so smooth. Uh, <laughs> you've convinced well, me, man. If only I had $9.99. I'm just following WWE's formula where if you mention it like every 10 to 12 seconds. Sean, I have a, I have a serious question. Is the 999 of SNL fame? No. I must have this information. Why could they not say from SNL? It's less words. Why? actually famous. So they had to try and add fame into it as much as they could for them to actually gain fame. Every sentence drove me insane but anyway uh wrestlemania 35 i'm giving it also an 8.5 out of 10 pretty good show much better than uh last year's wrestlemania uh better than wrestlemania 33 much better than 32 uh, i would go see this show if you don't have anything to do for an entire day but yeah it was a good show watch it in parts. yes I'd say if you're gonna watch it watch it in sections yes you know, i'd say watch the you know watch the opening up to kofi wins and then, like, watch the other half on another day when yeah. you're really bored. Yes. And, you know, it's, it's, if you cut this in, the, the beauty of the network, which you can conveniently buy for the lower price of 99, <laughs> is that you can actually split apart and actually have two days worth of WrestleMania rather than having to just gun it out for the entire long haul. And I totally recommend doing that. It, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. It's just a lot. Well, I hope you guys have enjoyed our review. Uh, uh, like, comment, subscribe, and all that fun stuff, unless YouTube, you know, strikes this video down and Spotify kicks me out, which might happen. Which uh, it might. <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. We have white privilege. We're good. Anyway. Yeah. Before we go, we should mention that you're going to hear from us again one more time than you normally do. Oh, yes. Because we've decided that due to its uh, larger nature than it's been in previous years, that we're also going to review Money in the Bank. Shorty, what you drank? So, get ready for that with your with your drink. Yeah. And we'll be there with, with, with our drink and, and most likely with our anger and resentment as well. And our shorties. And our short, well, if we can find them. Yes. Uh, get it because they're short. So, 
All right, this is this review's officially gone on too long. Uh, <laughs> all right, good night, everybody.